fear and control, which looks like anxiety. So mm-hmm. the two buoys that point us to areas of our life that we are airing out of pride look like fear and control. So what that means is areas of my life where I am focused on executing on my own effort, that's control. Some of our temperaments lean towards control. I'm one of those. So am I. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. We are starting a new podcast series today, and boy, is it a good one. It's called Ditch the Mask trust instead. It just so happens that this is airing the week before Halloween in October. I know a lot of you don't celebrate Halloween because of its Celtic pagan roots, and a lot of you have fun just letting your kids put on costumes and go trick-or-treating for the candy. We aren't going to talk about that today, but we are going to talk about something more important. We're going to talk about the masks that we wear in this session and also how they keep us from really trusting. They interfere with our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouses, and our relationships with our kids. Robbie Angle is the head of True Face Ministries, and he is with us for these next three sessions. And boy, does he have a lot of great things to share. This podcast series has the potential of being life-changing for you, so I hope that you will listen closely and catch each one of the sessions. And if you have a friend that might benefit from this, contact them and send them the link so they can grow through this as well. So let's hop in and listen now. I'm really excited about our guest today. His name is Robbie Angle. I wasn't familiar with him. So I went onto his website, the True Face website, and it's like all the things that I think and I believe about honesty and relationships and honesty with the Lord. I saw that those are things that he is passionate about as well. So that's why I'm really excited that he comes today. What I asked Robbie if he would share with us is the aspect of our marriages and how our marriages are important to establish the foundation for our kids and raise kids with that same honesty. So is that okay with you, Robbie? Let me welcome Robbie to the podcast. Thanks, Laurie. Excited to be here. And we can go wherever you want. I am okay. here to serve and let's see where it goes. I'm game. That sounds great. I would like to start with marriage and then move into parenting and how our marriages are important in our raising our kids. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm not good with metaphors, but if raising a family, investing in your kids is like building a house, having a healthy marriage is the foundation. I mean, for all kinds of ways. I think in God's design, he knew what kids need for a holistic development. And Mm -hmm. that is a mom and a dad, which is one of the biggest burdens, the things that breaks my heart in life is how many kids don't have moms and dads to love them and model these things. I think the marriage is going to be the foundation for stability, for identity, for character development, for spiritual development of the kids. And God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. That's wild because that was pre-fall and 
Adam had access to the God of the universe, full access pre-fall in the garden. And God still thinks, which is like, it wasn't good for him to be alone. I know in my marriage with Emily, we've been married almost 19 years. My kids would have half of the love, empathy, development, intentionality, giftedness, because we're so complimentary and God knows that. And most healthy couples are complimentary for the sake of holistic development of their kids. And so I also think that all of life, all of our development, spiritual development, formation, maturing process is better caught than taught. It's an experiential development where we really develop. And so it doesn't really matter as much what you tell your kids, what they hear. 90% of the equation is what they see and what they see in love and stability of which the marriage is the greatest expression indicator of what maturity and love looks like. Because mm -hmm. our spouses are our full-length mirror to reflect back who we are in our health and how well we are representing what we get to represent as part of the kingdom of God, which is love. So whether we're disciples of Jesus or not is reflected clearer than any other relationship in our spouse and in that relationship. So if discipleship is defined by Jesus as by the way you love one another, John 13, 34 and 35, he said, this is it. Love God, love others. And by this, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Our spouse is the primary expression of practicing love and of fruitfulness of what that love looks like. Therefore, your model to your children starts with and is fully made up by, are you loving your spouse? And love looks like sacrifice, serving others. As Jesus said, go and do likewise. Well, I'm going to wash your feet and serve you and love others as myself. And this is what service looks like. If your kids don't see that in your marriage, you are starting with something that they will need to overcome and reframe in order to get to a healthier place that you desire for them to be if they don't see it modeled in your marriage, which is, again, I don't know if you've got five hours, but we could unpack the depth of this question of the value and the reasons and the multi-generational impact of healthy parents and, and marriages of which, yeah. Can I go there on the multi-generational side? Sure, sure. Let's talk about that for a minute. So one of my passions is doing leader development stuff. So working with churches to develop leader development pipelines, leaders found in his or her theology and identity. So how do you develop that? I've led eight years worth of groups. I've seen hundreds of groups launch. And there's a core element in that where we do a genogram. So I was a professional counselor, marriage and family therapist before working at a church, before working at Trueface. And so the multi-generational impact of a healthy marriage points to the significance of it. And in these groups that I do, my wife and I just wrapped up nine months investing in four couples. They were all in their upper 20s. And in month two, one of the assignments that we did, we, we meet once a month for three hours with lay counseling type assignments in between. One of the assignments that these four couples do is a genogram, which some people have heard about, some haven't. It's a counseling type tool that counselors use. It's like a family tree, except a visual representation of patterns. So you have 
squiggly line for divorces. You can have a, your own index, like highly educated, wealthy, obese, uh, alcohol addiction, mental health. You can have this like visual family map going back three generations and you can see patterns throughout your family system because we got to know where we've come from and what's impacted us in order to understand where we're at and where we're, we want to go. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing the insights where you will see typically a divorce is indicated by like a broken line between couples. You will see generational patterns of divorce, strong and clear as day. And you will see healthy patterns of marriage, begetting healthy marriage, begetting healthy marriage. And I I look at my wife, her grandparents were missionaries. Uh, She's four generations, both sides. No one's ever been divorced. There's a richness and a solidness Mm -hmm. that you cannot teach or train or tell your kids marriage is important. There's a multi-generational impact that is correlated with stability, with patterns of relational health. And and those go together. You know, marriage, stability, and emotional health are usually correlated. But it's just wild that we do that at the beginning of a nine-month discipleship framework so that people can see the generational patterns. And it's powerful. And that also speaks to anybody listening to this with kids. It's easier for all of us to go, what do I need to do to be a better dad or mom, to mm-hmm. be more intentional with my kids? Mm-hmm. It is 90% of the equation is just pursue your spouse sacrificially and prioritize that relationship. Yeah, but what about their sports games? Skip their sports games to pursue and go on a date with your wife. Mm-hmm. Don't let them sign up for that extra suburbia sport if it means it's getting in the way of your relationship. It means real practical stuff if you're actually going to prioritize each other. But that's harder, especially wives, I think, moms in earlier years, for that prioritization to be consumed with the needs, physical and then more emotional needs of kids. And without effort, it's a slow, easy drift to not prioritize that. So if you take away anything from this podcast, look at your calendar. Does it reflect that you are prioritizing your marriage for the sake of your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think when we are taking our kids to all the lessons that it's for them, but if we're sacrificing our marriage, that is not for them. That is actually yeah. bad for them. So yeah. that's such a good point, Robbie. That's so good. Yeah. That That's a whole nother tangent that I won't follow down of like half the time we're doing <laughs> stuff for our kids, we're really doing it for ourselves to address our own fears of not setting our kids up for success. Yeah. Yeah. Fears, pride. I know. Take little Sally to dance class. And this is my fear that I will have regrets and she will talk to a counselor in 20 years. There's a lot of fear-driven stuff in parenting, at least for me. Yeah, I know. I know. To get past the fear is, it's a big challenge. Do you have any ideas on getting past fear? Yeah, it's easy. The opposite of fear is love, right? That's what scripture tells us. So just let's trust God more fully. And the opposite of fear is love. This isn't an idea. This is a lifetime encouragement for us to mature into these truths. But I think to go theological, the primary sin, the chief sin is pride. The chief virtue is humility. 
late, like easier, simple terms. Pride just means I can. Humility means I can't surrender. So humility, I can't. Pride says I can. How do we know when we're living out of our pride? The, the closest chief sin connected to our flesh, which says I can, versus humility, Christ-likeness, surrender, less of me, more of the Holy Spirit through me. Humility means I can't. Uh, there's a byproduct that points us to areas of our life that we're erring on the side of pride and humility. And that is fear and control, which looks like anxiety. So mm -hmm. the two buoys that point us to areas of our life that we are erring out of pride look like fear and control. So what that means is areas of my life where I am focused on executing on my own effort. That's control. Some of our temperaments lean towards control. I'm one of those. So am I. I'm so thankful that the Lord has grown me, but it's been a long process. That is overcome by your spiritual formation into the likeness of Christ, not the other way around. Not mm -hmm. I'm going to be less controlling and work on my sin management. This is a heart issue that affects mm -hmm. our behaviors, not trying to just tackle behaviors. So the other side is anxiety, fear. Like those are mm -hmm. indicators of I can, I need to, I will. And these mm -hmm. pop up all the time with our kids. In my house, I'm the guy that will err on the side of control. Feel like I'll go in with control and strength. And my wife, when I'm not as healthy, I go to control. When I'm when my wife is not as healthy, she goes to anxiety and fear mm -hmm. and worrying about our kids. Mm -hmm. Both of those indicate an opportunity to move from pride to humility, from fear to love, like scripture says. And in moving to love, when I see that buoy in my life, don't feel shameful. Oh, Robbie, you're controlling again. Oh, Emily, you're afraid again. That's shame that says you're a scrub. Just go, man, that's a gift, God, of your grace yeah. This reminder of control just means I'm not trusting you with my the heart of my kids, the future of my kids. I have fear that they won't make it to whatever team or pass this test or whatever because of my failure. No, no, no. I trust you, God. So moving from fear to love looks like trust. The vehicle to get us to humility, which looks like peace and freedom, which Jesus says, I have come that you might experience peace and freedom, is trust. Trust unlocks love because you can't love me if I don't trust you. And you can only love me to the degree I trust you. That's with our kids. That's with our father. That's with our spouses. And that is how we experience grace in parenting. Mm -hmm. That is so good. And that is this basic thing that I think that we just forget. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it takes over sometimes for some parents. It did for me, especially when I was younger. And I would have anxiety and controlling. I would do both. Yeah. So it's what does that mean? Because it keeps us in control. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to do those things. It's harder to trust, which is what drives me crazy when people go, yeah, but what do you mean grace and trusting God with it? Does that mm -hmm. look like abdication, passivity? No, it is. Yeah. It's easy for me to wake <laughs> up every day trying to do it on my own, like right. a functioning agnostic. It takes rhythms and trust is so difficult. And it, it is what unlocks his grace and his love in my life that overflows to my wife and overflows to my kids. Mm -hmm. And 
that comes from receiving his love, trusting that he did what I can't do. And that's the gospel of grace that a lot of us as Christians miss. Yeah. And therefore we miss peace and freedom. And we, we do the Christian dance for 20 years. And I've been a professional Christian most of my life and I've done the right things. But then I, I read the New Testament, I read about peace and freedom and the light yoke. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That might be, you know, for somebody else. And, and that is an indicator of, yeah, something being off in our formation discipleship that a lot of us as Christians get stuck with. Mm -hmm. um, but it comes through trust, trusting mm -hmm. God first. And then how that affects our relationships is pretty awesome. Yeah. So let's bring that back to marriage. and. It can be either the man or the woman that tries to control the other. So how do we apply that in the marriage? I'm sure you're going to say pretty much the same thing, but any specifics when we just don't feel like we want to let things go and that it's dangerous to let things go? Yeah, there's two dynamics here that I think is important to differentiate. Are we talking about practices for behaviors? which are a temporary solution? Or are we talking about getting to the source of the issue in that, of control, anxiety, fear with our spouse? I think that's, that's what is important to differentiate. There are lots of best practices of breathing, learning how to communicate, have conflict, learning your rhythms. I told my wife, please don't have a hard conversation with me after nine o'clock just because I won't be able to love you. My kids know like there's something wrong with me when I get woken up. I'm just not loving at 1 a.m. when they wake me up. And so uh, there are some best practices that we should be curious students of our spouse and ask them, hey, how do you prefer this? I love how we love. It's a book on how our attachment and approach, Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. There's all kinds of principles to more intentionally move from fear and control to health. However, those practices are the symptoms, not the source. Okay, we are going to stop there because this is a bit of a cliffhanger because he is going to continue in talking about the source. And I know you're going to want to hear that. I have listened to this more than once. And every time I listen to it, I get more out of it because there is so much here. So you just might want to do the same. I encourage you to come back next week because he has a lot more for us. In the meantime, remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm -hmm.